Welcome to the Inquisitive Tourist. My name is Nate Ralph and thank you for joining me. For those of you already listening, welcome back. And if you've just started, welcome to an ever-growing community of listeners. We're now in 47 countries and counting, and I can't wait until we get into 50 countries. Well, today's episode is, is a fun one. Anyone into cars or racing of any form should really enjoy this. And for all of the rest of you, come along and enjoy the ride. Today on the show is Nick Mejia, based in Florida, USA. He's going to chat to us about his day out at the racetrack in Miami. He got to experience some performance cars such as Ferraris, Lamborghinis, McLarens and even a Mustang GT. So let's go and have a chat with him. Nick, welcome to the show. Hey, Nate. Long time, man. It's been a long time coming. I'm glad we're able to chat today, man. And looking forward to talking with you a bit. I know I have a flight later <laughs> to Atlanta, but I'm really glad we carved out some time to chat. No, man, you're, you're a legend for coming on. Uh, what time is your flight? Uh, you know, it's not till originally it was at five. Now it seems that because of some weather, it'll be closer to 6 p.m. our time. So we'll see. Hopefully, as long as we get off the ground soon, we should be fine. <laughs> Absolutely, man. No, you're a legend for coming on on, on the day of a flight. That's, uh, that's amazing. And I really appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, to kick us off, uh, Nick, where, where are you from then? Let's, let's tell the audience where you're from. What's your background? Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I live here in Florida, United States. I live in a, a city called Boca Raton, which is about an hour north of Miami. I think that's the spot everybody knows in Florida, right? Miami or Orlando. So yeah, I live about an hour north of Miami, lived here my whole life, pretty much. And but background wise, I'm Hispanic, you know, I got my mom's Colombian, my dad is Dominican. I've been to both spots, love them. Just, you know, equally the same. They're great for vacation, got great culture and food. So that's kind of just a, a bit of my background and where I'm from. Ah, thanks for filling us in, man. So getting to the topic of, of today's uh, podcast, today's conversation about you know performance cars, have, would you say that you've always had a love of cars um, or is it just something that's you know sparked your interest in the last few years? Uh, that's an interesting question. I mean, I don't even think I have that much of an affinity for cars as maybe some other, you know, guys might have some, or even girls, you know, nowadays might be into cars. Obviously as a kid, I went through my phases, you know, I liked the Mustangs and, you know, Mm -hmm. the old seventies style vintage cars that would come about, but I was never too crazy about them. I had, I had like a, you know, a solid, I guess you could say interest in them, but nothing too insane. I mean, just to let all the viewers know, I drive a pretty standard Honda day to day. So, you know, I, I do love them, but, uh, it's, it's not a kind of any kind of obsession. It's more of a, just a, you know, a normal love for them. Yeah, no, I get you, man. So it's not like related to your day job in, in any way. Oh, no, not at all. I work in, uh, you know, it information technology. I'm on the computer most of the time or chatting with clients and cars, you know, rarely come up. So nice. not really related to my job. Which um, part of IT are you in? Uh, 
the easiest way to describe it, it's called like land management software. Uh, I don't know if that'll translate well for all the listeners, but it's basically just any software that you might have used at one point or another to maybe submit plans to some kind of government agency that you wanted to, you know, do to your house or if you had to submit some kind of a complaint to the city you lived in or, you know, some kind of inquiry, the software that we use basically tracks all of those kinds of, um, you know, Inquiries. all of that kind of data. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. So what are you like software support or do you guys, I, I mean, are you working for the company who programmed that or what's the deal? Yeah. So the company that programmed that's a, a bigger company based in, in uh, California. Mm-hmm. They're called Excella. And we're kind of like a subcontractor. So anytime a, a new you know agency is going to buy that software or, or a government or a city is going to implement it, uh, we're probably one of the, the few people on the short list that'll mm. you know, have some experience with it and say that we can you know, set it up or train them or what have you for a specific amount of money. So basically anything like that is where I come in and I'll mostly talk with clients about their businesses and processes and, you know, how to set up the the software. So it's best use them in their day-to-day activities. Oh. It sounds uh, probably less interesting <laughs> than it is. No, no, we, <laughs> we, not- maybe another time we can do a podcast on, on, on the IT aspects. I used to be in a bit of IT <laughs> myself, but it was in, in the security area. But, um, right. but no, let's, let's get to, the, to, to today's uh, real sort of like meat of, of, you know, of the topic, which is, uh, I mean, wh- when you went to this racetrack, by the way, like what, what was the event all about? Like what actually brought you there? Yeah, we, you know, we've lived in Florida a while, like I said, myself, my brother, and, you know, it, it, it always seems like, you know, where everything is, or you've already seen that all of the, you know, that Florida has to offer. This place was a racetrack in probably about 30 minutes more south of Miami. So like an hour and a half away from our house. And it was basically for a bachelor party. Um, so (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that was the event and that was our first time going. Okay. So like were your options like either Vegas or the racetrack? (laughs) I really was hoping it would be Vegas or something (laughs) like that where it's more of a standard, you know, bachelor party. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I, I I did uh, a mate's, um, He's, I hope he's listening to this. If he's not, I'll, I'll make sure he does. But I'm not going to say anything incriminating, of course. But uh, yeah, I did a stag do a couple of years ago now. I think I think it was April 20. Hang on a second, April 2019. And yeah, we did a stag in uh, <laughs> in Vegas. But uh, and that was oh, the first nice. time I've ever been to Vegas. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was an interesting weekend. I will tell you something though. You do a uh, a stag in Vegas. You need to be prepared to blow your bank, man. I mean, it is. It's some serious. I don't know how much you paid on on this event. We'll get to that maybe later on in the interview. But you know, you probably saved a ton of money compared to going to Vegas for a stag. I can tell you that for sure. Oh yeah, uh, that's I guess one of the pros for sure. But um, yeah, it was a an unique bachelor party experience. At least we got to have a sort of an adventure, you know, with with all the mates. Yeah, and it was your first time at the racetrack, right? Yeah, first time. I mean, I'd obviously seen other racetracks 
uh, here in the States. I mean, the most popular one is probably Daytona or yeah. uh, for NASCAR, which is, is the big thing here, right? The Indy, Indy 500 in Indianapolis. They don't really do the Formula One, although I think they're probably in the process of adding a Miami track for Formula One, last I heard. But uh, yeah, some of the other race tracks are like the ones I mentioned, Daytona, Indianapolis, this one, which was in Miami, I think it's called Miami Speedway, Homestead, Miami Speedway. That one is not really used for many races nowadays. It seems it's more like exhibitions, mm-hmm. but um, that was our first time at that track. Oh, nice one. Yeah, I've, I've driven past the um, the Daytona one, didn't go inside. All I remember was it was like a mad rainstorm and uh, we were eating at some restaurant. I was with like a local um and yeah we just drove past it and i i was just mesmerized because you know it's synonymous isn't it with racetrack driving and i was like wow that's that's daytona you know i i just wish that i managed to get inside but i didn't so that would have to be you know another time but um when you went there did you i've always wanted to know exactly how it works because i've actually never done it how does the 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 system of choosing work like do you get to choose the cars that you want to ride ahead of time um or is it just whatever's available on on the day yeah, so it's uh, more of an ahead-of-time um, type of situation. So basically, the way it went down was that uh, this uh, mate's fiance uh, had planned this car- kind of bachelor getaway, right, the racetrack. She had contacted a few of his close friends, myself included, and as she was setting it up, the website uh, for this uh, Homestead Miami, you know, Speedway Excursion has a list of the cars that they'll have for the date that you choose. Okay. And let's say you book, yeah, if you book like a fair bit amount of time away, like, you know, let's say six months, then probably every car that they'll ever have will be there for you to choose. But if you uh, book a little closer to the date of the race, like we did, which was maybe. I want to say maybe a month out from when the race was, there's still a fair bit of cars to choose, but maybe not all the ones that were originally there. Yeah. And and when you went there on, on, on the day that you did, did you, you know, were you left wanting thinking, Oh damn, like if only I would have got to, to get a go in that car or did that not happen? (laughs) Yeah, there is definitely a bit of that because I think originally, um, you know, the, I don't know if it was the fastest car there, but for some reason it was the most popular and that was the McLaren Mm. and everybody wanted to ride that. And since there was only one available, you know, and you kind of have a specific time that you're supposed to show up, uh, we probably still would have been waiting (laughs) to this day in order to ride it because the the line was massive just to get uh, a few laps in the McLaren. So uh, that would be made the only uh regret if we were to able to get there earlier and secure our place to ride that but we still got to ride a pretty awesome car at the end of the day so with with the mclaren it's not that it costs more money it's just the waiting list yes exactly right. all the cost that you pay is the same it's just a man uh, a matter of how popular <laughs> that yeah. car is on yeah. that day so is there any training required uh, for this event and you know do you have to sign any waivers you know like in terms of safety or i don't know you could well obviously you could hurt yourself or you could damage the car how does that work <laughs> yeah so basically the the company has their own kind of um 
insurance policy for any kind of accidents that might occur. And the accidents that do occur there are very far and few between. Uh, So the way it works is that when you arrive at the racetrack, you'll go into like a small little office. They'll have you sign the waivers, obviously. And, you know, because worst case scenario, if you were to get injured or or anything like that, they want to be covered. Um, And then after that, Uh, You kind of wait around the racetrack. There's a viewing area that you can go into, which is kind of like an upstairs balcony to see the other drivers going around at that time. Mm -hmm. And then they'll call you in for a sort of a training uh, session. I can't say that it's like a training session in the fact that you go into the car and you're familiar with everything. It's more of a little virtual thing. Like they'll have a video, they'll have a, a driver who's explaining some of the um, hand signals that they're going to use or some of, uh, you know, the common terms to know or, or things to see on the track. Uh, and that's for the most part, what you'll do before you get into the, uh, into the car. And clothing. I mean, are you guys given helmets? Do you have to wear special clothes as well? Uh, you can wear uh, clothes, any, any kind of clothes you really want the, only thing they'll give you is, I'm not sure the exact name of it, but it's kind of like a big uh, beanie thing on your head. Oh, really? And then the helmet on top. You uh-huh. know, I think that most of the race car drivers that you see racing will have some kind of uh, fabric right on their head and then the helmet on top of that. Mm. You kind of look like you're about to rob a bank <laughs> with the <laughs> big fabric on top of your head. I guess it's in order for the... Uh, helmet to stay on and not maybe you know ma- leave any marks on your head yeah so those are the two things they they'll give you uh, it's probably a a good car to use if you wanted to rob a bank because you can get away at such a speed right so it's, it's not a bad <laughs> exactly. idea what what was the name of the racetrack that you you used did you say it was homestead am i getting that right yeah homestead miami speedway that's the the racetrack that we were at so would you say like in terms, like I said earlier, I alluded to the fact that, you know, Daytona seems to be synonymous, at least in my mind. Would you say that um, mm-hmm. Daytona is sort of bigger and, I don't know, just more well-known than than this one or about the same? Uh, it's definitely more well-known and it's also definitely bigger because I do remember going once to the Daytona Speedway, not to re- watch a race or anything, but I think it was for some kind of work-related activity years ago and yeah the daytona speedway is just a lot more massive like you can really are in in disbelief at how big the uh the raceway is so this one is also you know quite quite uh big but i don't think it's probably the same length of track as daytona and i don't know if you're you know if you, if you know how to answer this question or not but I'll, I'll try my luck in terms of um I don't know, levels of difficulty, should we say, are you aware if one track or the other is sort of, um, is known to be more difficult for an amateur to ride on? Uh, I'm not too sure about that, but I would, I would say no, because for the most part, the tracks that uh, the amateurs ride on aren't the sort of outside track that uh, we're familiar with. So I think that was probably also a big um, 
change from what we thought. We we thought we were going to go around the big circular sort of ellipse track. And we do, you do go on that part of the track for some portions, but um, for whatever reason, most of your, um, you know, tight turns and things of that nature are in some of the other back areas of the track, like within, I guess you could say further inside the, the track, there's some little tight turns and other training areas. So yeah, as far as the uh, difficulty, it's probably around the same, I would think at the end of the day for both of these tracks. Yeah. So I suppose that follows nicely to my next question, which I'm burning to ask. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners are, are shouting at me um, to ask this question. What What was the top speed that, that you got to and maybe that your mates got to? Are you aware? Like, did they give you a recording at the end? Like, hey, this is basically your data. Or you just left it? Yeah. Guess? Yeah, yeah. We we did get a recording for sure. They have a, a couple dash cams set up on any car that you choose, uh, one that's going to record a view of the track in front of you, in front of the car. And then the other one will record you and your um, instructor because obviously they don't let you go in the car by yourself. You always have a professional driver Mm. in the passenger seat next to you. Um, And the top speed that I got on the day, I think, was about 100 and. 39 miles per hour Oof. Uh, in kilometers. I think that's 220 to 23 or something. If uh, yeah, the Sounds last about time right, I yeah. checked on Google. <laughs> eight, it was, it's yeah. Multiplied by a factor of eight fifths. Yeah. The, yeah. Cause I think 0.65. Yeah. It's the inverse eight fifths. So yeah, you're about Yeah. Yeah. That's about right. Um, yeah. So, that's, that's so definitely fast. pushed it. And your mates, did they get up to a similar speed? Yeah, I think everyone was in the 130 mile per hour range. And I think one of our uh, friends, he was the only one actually that went on the uh, Mustang GT. Everybody else went obviously for the, you know, the Lamborghinis, the Ferraris. That's the one I drove. But the, the mate that went on the Mustang GT, because that car has such a quick acceleration he was able to push it to around 140, 142. I think he was the the winner for the day. Damn. Yeah, I mean, it, when I've come to America, I've I've like hired a Mustang, never a Mustang GT to my knowledge, um, but I've always sort of, well, not always, but many times I've, I've hired Mustangs. And I don't know how it compares to, to this one that he was using, but I, I did find the handling like to be not the best but they, I did remember thinking, flip and heck, this car goes. And, and I'm pretty sure that wasn't a GT. Um, so, I, yeah, I'd, I'd be intrigued to know how a GT would would uh, would handle, especially on a racetrack as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, that that would be the next one that I'd want to drive to just because it, it's really a beautiful car also. And it's just such a quick speed that it can catch up to. So... With these speeds, you're talking, you know, let's just say 140 mph miles per hour. How does that compare with the top speed that a professional, uh, you know, would get to using the same car on the same track? Are, are you aware of that? Yeah, a little bit. So uh, if they were on the same track, they would definitely get way more speed than me, <laughs> for sure. What's way more Not speed? only... Uh, I'd say they'd probably be able to get to 150 or even 160. Okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe even more. Mm. And yeah, some of the reason for that is obviously they're the professionals. They uh, are familiar with all the turns, all the apexes, all of that kind of thing going on. 
but uh also you know we that was our first time in some kind of cars like these you know that had so much of a speed underneath the hood right and we i think at first most of us were a little apprehensive to push it to the limits you know we would see turns coming up maybe we wouldn't accelerate as much as we could we'd break a little early type thing so yeah that that kind of probably affected how fast we were able to get to because at first we you know you just get on the track and you start hearing the roar of the engines and you know part of you gets a little nervous like oh man i maybe i shouldn't push it to the limit maybe i should uh, take it easy <laughs> ah, absolutely so and how long um how long in in each car would you get so that kind of varies a little bit um depending i think on how quickly you do the laps for the most part you're going to get about three laps on the uh, sort of circuit that they have built. And the three laps are over actually fairly quickly from the time you get into the car to the time that you park it and, you know, have finished your race. It's no more than 10 minutes. So it's actually quite expensive if you think about it. For <laughs> price, a short ride. Yeah, price per lap. <laughs> We'd have to work out how many dollars you're paying per lap. But, um, <laughs> exactly and okay so another question i've got um and forgive me for my ignorance here but are you accompanied by like a trained professional or are you all alone yeah you're definitely accompanied by a trained professional and yeah most of them have some experience they will have driven in some kind of f1 uh, you know, raceways in Europe, at least my, uh, my, uh, assistant driver as well. He, he said, oh yes, after this race, I have a, you know, a flight at, at a night in Germany or something. I have to get to Germany to, to test out some cars on the raceway. Wow. Uh, so F1. most of them are, yeah, F1. Not even F3, F1. That's absolutely incredible. Yeah, yes. So most of them are all experienced drivers or, or have a just a love for, for cars and racing. And yeah, you're always going to have one of those guys right next to you, uh, kind of guiding you along the track. I suppose that kind of calms your nerves to some extent, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think if I was alone, I probably wouldn't have gotten past, you know, <laughs> 90 miles an hour because I wouldn't know what's going on or where the turns are. <laughs> so Nick, speak us through this, right? So let's paint a picture here to, to the audience listening. You get in the car, the trained professional is there with you. Now you're in America, so you guys drive on the uh, opposite side left. to us, which is the left. So the, the <laughs> yeah. guy is, is, is on your right. And are there sort of those metal cages built inside the car or am I, is my imagination going wild here? uh nah for the most part it's right um yeah there's just no no kind of metal cages so okay uh since these are i imagine i think that uh you know the company that runs it uh probably rents them from from some other you know uh car dealership and since they're such you know luxury cars most of them are both luxury cars and quick like you know the ferraris the lamborghinis um you know everything inside is basically standard, right. you know, the leather interior, the, the, uh, cam, uh, excuse me, the 
the mirrors and everything are are all kind of standard in that regard. There's just a few little uh, things on the dash that they install in order to you know get the video and keep track of your uh, uh, the gasoline and also the um, you know miles per hour that you're hitting. I've got you. So it's basically a fully unmodified vehicle, you know, like for like to the ones that you would find on the road. Pretty much, exactly. So again, you know, to conjure up this picture in our minds, you the moment you step in the car, you've got the trained professional there to calm you down and to give you the confidence <laughs> that you need on your right. Now, does he he or she, do, do they tell you something? Um, you know, do they give you hints and tips? You know, like, well, there's an apex here. I mean, you, you mentioned earlier about, you know, turning on the apexes or, you know, how to undertake, overtake. What, what did they tell you? Could you speak us through that? Yeah, no, as soon as you uh, get in the car, they're uh, super cool, super gracious, and uh, just ready to have some fun along with you. So they'll talk about uh, what they do for a living, what you do for a living. They'll familiar or make you familiar with some of the hand signals, right? So it gets so loud on the racetrack when you're getting at those speeds and the, you know, the wind is going and all of that, that they'll... Uh, familiarize you with some hand signals like if they lift their hand all the way up suddenly it means like to let go of the gas Mm -hmm. or if they start making sort of a pushing motion that kind of means like you know start pushing the brake um they'll sort of you know have signals of uh signaling left or right to sort of tell you that there's a sharp turn coming in and all these guys in addition to that have a pretty strong voices so if, if you don't catch one of those uh, hand signals they'll definitely you know yell hey off the gas off the gas off yes, the gas yeah, yeah. or turn incoming or something i get you to to react and make the right turn so you're not wearing earmuffs no you're not wearing earmuffs but you know with the helmet and everything the sound is a little bit muffled but uh you know you, you'll you'll still be able to hear the roar of the car and the roar of the instructor next to you. <laughs> All right. So let's get to the monies. Uh, how, how much was this whole experience? Yeah, it was around $280 uh, US. I, I don't know the <laughs> conversion to to pounds or, or other uh, forms of currency right now. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was around $280 and it is a little bit pricey, uh, but the experience is worth it if you're, just ever wondered how to push yourself to the limits in those cars or if you were just curious about them then it's definitely worth the that price tag yeah no i think so as well i mean you know we were joking earlier how you know that versus vegas i mean that's that, that's a drop in the ocean compared to what you could spend in vegas on a, on a stag weekend and, and you're still having a lot of fun right i mean that's i mean i've never done this and uh it is something that i've often thought about doing um oh and, yeah and hopefully a lot of the listeners after, after hearing you because you're clearly passionate about this you've had a great time you know i hope that a lot of people might think you know what let's give this thing a go um uh, because the, these these racetracks are, are found all over the world aren't they um it's not just in florida mm-hmm. or i mean do you know if there's many many other states in the u.s that have plenty of these racetracks around yeah no definitely but i think i mentioned indiana indianapolis that's where the they have the indy 500 and even after we uh completed this experience you know the friend the other people our friends uh, that weren't able to go or some people that heard that we went 
uh, were telling us like, oh, we've always wanted to do that or, or oh, uh, I was actually able to do that in, you know, in Texas or in North Florida, they have a, another place that does it or something. So hmm. there's definitely little pockets of uh, places in, in the States that have these uh, kinds of racing experiences. And I can imagine as well, like depending on the location you find yourself in, maybe different cars would be available to you. I, I don't know what the cars, you know, for example, the, the the friend of yours in Texas, are you aware if the cars he had at his disposal were the same as yours? Yeah, I think for the most part uh, they are, um, but there's definitely like on the day, there's definitely some cars that, uh, you know, everybody was wondering about, but wasn't available here. So I guess depend i'd say that depending how close you are to a big city you know big international city that might affect which cars are there on the day i know for a fact that some of these racetracks will have the bugatti the bugatti veyron which is famous for i think being one of the i think it was one of the fastest if not the fastest car ever built um and that one i can imagine everybody's (laughs) lining up to get into yeah absolutely is that the bugatti veyron Yes, exactly. Yeah, Bugatti, yeah. yeah. Well, and you reckon you can get that similar experience for just two eighty, or would it not be a little bit more money? It, it might be a bit more if it's a Bugatti for sure. But uh, everybody we talked to actually after that has done a similar experience in another track uh, said that two eighty was a little uh, steep. Hmm. So it could be that in Miami for some reason <laughs> the price was two eighty, but could be that you find a, a nicer car or, or you know uh, a similar experience for a little bit less yeah i mean i suppose miami's not the cheapest place um <laughs> so yeah it could be it could be that but i, I don't know to me it sounds it, it's still a great day out isn't it and it's a memorable day out um to the point where we're even having a podcast about it so it's obviously uh and i know a lot of listeners when, when i spoke to a few people about this saying oh, i'm gonna have a guy on and he's going to talk to us about his experience at the racetrack. They were really excited to to hear you. So, yeah, I can't wait to upload this. Um, I think a lot of people are going <laughs> to are going to love you know listening to what you've had to say. And another no, question glad. I want to ask as well: um, Does the racing package? Because again, I'm just imagining like okay, let's imagine stag do or just a day out with the lads, whatever. It's <clears> the <throat> kind of thing that you could go, you know, burn off all that energy and then maybe go off for some kind of. I don't know, evening entertainment, should we say? So is there a package that includes that? So from the uh, race car uh, company that we hired or Mm -hmm. that, uh, excuse me, that we did all this through, uh, the most that they get at the racetrack is they'll have like a package. If it's a big group of guys like us, I think we're maybe, I don't know, maybe 10, 10 guys, 12 guys, whatever the number was. They did include some things in terms of the video, which usually the video is extra um, for everyone after, like, you know, $20 or $50, whatever it is. So the video was included just because the size of our party was big. And we also had a few snacks on the, uh, you know, the sort of upstairs balcony where you can see things. But as far as other evening entertainment, uh, your best bet after that, if it if you do go to the Homestead Miami Speedways to just, you know, venture into Miami yourself and uh, find one of the many, you know, great spots there. There's a lot of, you know, clubs, restaurants, uh, you know, nightlife, mm. art, 
Yeah, I think you've been to Miami too, bro. So you know for a fact that there's definitely a lot to do. Yeah, no, I've been a few times. So where, where did, I mean, did you guys choose to do anything after? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, right after, and this is, a, I think the fiance, the uh, girl that organized everything had planned to go to this restaurant that was near the racetrack, uh, which, you know, looked fine, but it was, like I said, somewhere in Homestead, which is more of a residential type <laughs> uh, area. You know, it's not as a, you know, big and bodacious as Miami. So we kind of figured amongst the guys that <laughs> although her intentions were, were great, we kind of wanted to go to somewhere on, on Calle Ocho, which I think is probably a, a popular street right in Miami. It's got a lot of Latin flavor and history mm-hmm. and all that. And we ended up going to a very popular Cuban restaurant. They actually call themselves the world's most popular Cuban restaurant. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. It's called Versailles in Miami. Versailles uh, spelled V E R S A I L L E S. Versailles. Yeah, we, it sounds French or something. Oh yeah. It's, it sounds French. I don't know <laughs> where they got the name from, but in fact, well, isn't, isn't there a, a place? Long. Isn't there a place in France called Versailles? I'm going to embarrass myself because this is on the podcast. No, now. yeah, Maybe there I'm is. There I is. Think there's there. a, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, they 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 have a, I guess a French connection for some reason. But uh, and do you so. do you think they're they're right in their claim of being the world's most popular Cuban restaurant? Because I mean that's a that's a big big claim. It is, but. Uh, I'd say they're they're close to it. If it if it's not that one, it's probably something, you know, a restaurant that's all the way in Cuba. So and that's a another I think podcast that you did about <laughs> Cuba, right? So, yeah, yeah. No, I had a, a great get on actually about Cuba. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I've really enjoyed doing that episode. Actually, that that is a for anyone listening to this one, I'd recommend listening to the episode about Cuba. Yeah, she did a, a great job. So, uh, yeah, because Miami's yeah. full of, uh, you know, Cuban influence, isn't it, and Cuban restaurants, and I've been to a number myself. But um, oh, I'll yeah. definitely be trying this one next time for it to be the world's – if it's the world's most popular and they've got the audacity to say that, being in essentially what is little Cuba, then they're, they're confident <laughs> in their ability to, to dish up good food, right? Oh, definitely. The food is great and the ambiance is great. And, yeah, no, they've been featured on a lot of um, programs, I'm sure – anyone goes on YouTube and just Googles the name uh, Versailles Cuban restaurant, they'll, they'll be able to see a bunch of different, uh, you know, uh, restaurant tours and chefs that have gone and visited. And I know for a fact, they've also been featured on a few uh, popular movies as well. So, you know, that, that does sort of play into how they're so well known and, and popular. Anytime you go there, there's a bunch of tourists, a bunch of, uh, people from all over that are just curious to see what all the what all the fuss is about yeah man well nick it's been um it's been an absolute pleasure man to to have you on and uh yeah i hope you have a great time in atlanta i hope the flight doesn't get delayed again if it does who knows maybe just hire one of these fast cars you might even get there (laughs) just as fast as the plane (laughs) (laughs) oh no doubt about it i i I, that'd be definitely the way to (laughs) travel next time but hey thanks a lot for having me nate i know we've uh, chatted we've been uh friends a, a while and i'm really glad to be on your uh podcast i'm glad that it's going great man you got a, 
a great program going. And yeah, glad that I was able to speak to you for a bit. Well, my guest today was Nick Mejia from Florida, USA. Hopefully, he's allayed any fears that some of you may have had about visiting a racetrack for the day. Go and do it. Take some high-level performance cars and go for a spin. I know that I'm definitely going to do this now. Well, racetracks like these are available in many countries, and they do make for such a great day out. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please do share it with a family member or friend who you think would get something out of it. And if you haven't already, please do leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And don't forget to subscribe. My name is Nate Ralph, and you've been listening to another episode of The Inquisitive Tourist.